0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Or not. All right. Well, let's jump on in. Let's let's do a show. Why not? Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app, watch the show on twitch.tv slash and YouTube, and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. here on a Technology Thursday. Joining us on the program today, Faraz Siddiqui of the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast shares his favorite props for Thursday Night Football. And then at 11 o'clock Eastern Time, Kenny Ducey tells us if the Astros can start a rally and win the pennant. And that's exactly where we will begin, Joe. Last night in game three, well, maybe starting Max Scherzer wasn't a good idea. Under 12 and a half outs cashed, under four and a half strikeouts cashed, just four innings pitched, five earned runs allowed, four strikeouts for Mad Max. The midseason acquisition who was returning from a soldier. Uh, a shoulder injury, uh, things yeah. didn't turn out well for him. The Astros won 8-5. to five. You know, Jason Stark pointed out the Rangers trailed for just three plate appearances for the entire postseason up until last night. Despite Josh Young's two-home run effort, boy, it sure seems like the Astros are back, Joe.
1: Did the Rangers sacrifice a game to hopefully get Scherzer ramped up for the future? We've seen this play out before. That I, That's my big question this morning, because when you're worried about games six and seven, sometimes you never get to game six or seven or the World Series. They're back in this thing. They are. Now, had somebody else gone, do we get a different result? I have no idea. But it's not one of those situations where we can sit here and say, oh, well, yeah, maybe you made the wrong decision with the pitching, but nobody scored. You end up putting five runs on the board. That should be good enough in most cases to win a playoff game, uh, especially <laughs> how how scoring goes down. So you got to give credit to the Astros. Another win on the road in this series. What do you know? But, but the big thing that we kept talking about yesterday, obviously Scherzer, we knew what they were saying about his baseline, how many pitches they were going to go. They even went less than what they said the baseline was but just fading him every which way. Sometimes it doesn't work. you got to be picky with your props, not with Scherzer. If you were betting against Scherzer, all of it worked. Under 12.5 outs worked. Under 4.5 strikeouts, even though that was a little sweaty, uh, he had four strikeouts in the game. Over 1.5 earned runs hit early. Over 3.5 hits hit early. So, I mean, that was the big move. It was the guy that hasn't pitched in quite some time coming back. Uh, let's see how he's going to look. An opportunity to go 3-0 in the series. If you faded him in a number of ways, which is dicey when you correlate everything to one result, if you took that risk, it really paid off last night.
0: Yeah, it certainly did. And you're right about this idea that Rangers hitters were able to do just enough. And it was, you know, from someone who we weren't necessarily expecting in Josh Young. And so certainly hitters one through nine have been uber effective for the Rangers. And it's something where, okay, just because Scherzer had a bad outing in game three doesn't necessarily mean that things are going to completely fall apart for the rest of the series for Texas down the road. When you look Mm -hmm. at how they handled the bullpen, they didn't use their best arms there in Aroldis Chapman and Jose LeClerc. And we'll talk about this later on in the show as far as how to bet on the Rangers-Astros game four later tonight. But it's something where if you're going to lose, lose magnificently so that you're not using your best arms in your bullpen for a game that ultimately doesn't go your way. So in that respect, I think things turned out just fine for the Rangers. And then as far yeah. as the Astros are concerned, Christian Javier didn't have his best stuff after four innings. He did add some velocity to much of his key pitches, still got 11 swings and misses with his fastball, which he uses nearly half the time. We saw Jose Altuve go yard. Uh, Jordan Alvarez was also magnificent. Uh, my Jose Abreu pick uh, turned out to cash. So all of that was uh, you know great for those who backed those hitters. But this is something yeah. where we knew the Astros we're not just going to go away and get shut out and have no offense whatsoever. They would come ready to play, and they certainly did that.
1: Yeah, we've we've got a series now. And to your point about the Rangers' bullpen, yes, good on them in that sense, in not using their top arms, but also I wonder, did they sacrifice that game? Did they sacrifice that game for the future of the series? Sometimes you crack that door, and it could be bad for you. You don't want to invite a team like the Houston Astros – into the series. Uh, speaking of Javier. Yeah. He was great early. Uh, you could tell he was losing it a little bit. 85 pitches. Thought he would go a little bit deeper. That's what we've typically seen from him in the playoffs. Uh, you mentioned using his fastball half the time. He's definitely using it more than that last night. That, that four seamer right. had life, man. It, it was looking mm-hmm. really good early on for him. So gr- great outing there. Uh, Astros, four different players with multi-hit games. Abreu Tucker with doubles. Altuve, I uh, hit a home run prop for you. If you went that route, Astros plus money, the over nine was popular. I think Jake was on that one. Uh, that one was uh, pretty certain that, that was going to get through pretty early. And um, wow, just what a difference one game makes. And I know these are very different situations, but now the ALCS. Is Texas minus two hundred and fifty? Houston plus two hundred at BetMGM. NLCS is just one game different. It's Philly minus nine hundred, minus nine hundred <laughs> favorites. Very different situation. Uh, nobody thinks that uh, that the Diamondbacks have much of a chance of making that one a series.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the life on the four-seam fastball for Javier. uh, Added 148 uh, revolutions on his spin from his uh, regular season average. Goes from uh, 2255 up to more than 2400. So, you know, remember the context there. But still, when you say it adds life, it means there's a lot of spin to it. And when you can add some spin to a four-seam fastball, especially if Rangers hitters aren't used to it, and that's the key thing. Like, they've seen Javier plenty of times. But when you add some dimension to your pitching that hasn't been seen before, that's how you win postseason games against familiar opponents. And so we'll see if Justin Verlander and company will be able to do similar things later on in the series. But we do know we will get to a fifth game and we do know we have a series there. And we'll also talk about the NLCS later on in the festivities but let's get to a little football here and we will give our bets for thursday night football between the jaguars and saints later on in the show but we should mention that jacksonville has signed a quarterback off of the practice squad to the active roster in nathan rourke now granted ian rapaport has reported that trevor lawrence is confident he will play tonight against new orleans But, Joe, it seems to me like if you are signing a quarterback off the practice squad, especially with C.J. Beathard as part of the roster, it's definitely something where you are at least preparing for the worst-case scenario, right?
1: Yeah, it certainly sounds that way. And I don't know what to believe as far as the practice reports that we've been getting. A lot of different stuff out there, out of competing interests about what is really going to happen in this matchup. We're hours away, and we don't know. We don't know. Is it going to be Beathard? Is it going to be a hobbled Lawrence, a compromised Lawrence, like against this defense? I don't want that. If I'm on the Jacksonville Mm -hmm. side, if I'm a Jaguars fan, if I'm a Jaguars better in any way, I I don't like the way this sets up. Lawrence had 100% in this specific spot, two weeks, London division game. You won, but you could make the case that uh, maybe you didn't outplay the Indianapolis Colts this past week. Now you have the quick turnaround I I see why people are on new Orleans. I see why it touched three and now it's come back down since the sense is that Lawrence is going to play. It's just going to be, you know, a 65 to 70% Lawrence.
0: Well, and the biggest problem is, and we've been talking about this all season long, Joe, this offensive line is atrocious. There's a reason Mm -hmm. why Lawrence throws quick passes all the time. It's not because he thinks it's the best thing for this offense necessarily, though. Sometimes it can be efficient. It's because his offensive line can't protect him that well. And this whole idea of Lawrence and pocket manipulation, yeah, to an extent that's true, but the protection is a big question mark as it's been all season long. And now Lawrence is in 100% where one bad hit could be curtains. And that is a yeah. big issue when you're talking about a game like this against that defense. Now, granted, there are some key injuries here, which we'll talk about in a minute. But still though, you like the scheming, you like the pass rushing, you add all of that up, and Lawrence could be in some serious trouble here.
1: So you've got ten days after this, and then you, mm-hmm. you've got you're going to Pittsburgh always tough. After that, you've got to buy. Should they consider like the Rangers conversation? Do you consider not <laughs> tanking, not sacrificing? but let's see if Beathard can get us through this spot in a coin flip game. Mm -hmm. Perhaps, uh, you know, like I said
0: before, Beathard I think is more than capable enough to at least keep the offense on schedule for the most part. Like, yeah, it's a dip, but if Lawrence is only 65 70%, then I don't know how much of a dip that really is. Like, I trust Doug Peterson. I trust Beathard to a point, like we said yesterday when we were power ranking our backup quarterbacks. I think Bethard's the best one out there. And yep. yeah, you need to sign a quarterback to, to further supplement the backups. At the same time, I don't see that being an issue. I think it's just the prudent thing to do. And Bethard knows how to throw quick passes. He knows how to keep the offense with an up-tempo. I think that's just fine here. Meanwhile, for the Saints, like offensively, you know not to expect a whole lot out of them, especially as they're missing offensive linemen with Derek Carr, you know, not being up to snuff uh, in the early going. I look at this and say, you don't have to expect a lot out of your quarterback. You just need to expect him to stay upright, stay healthy, and get those key conversions whenever possible.
2: Yeah, and I think for me, I lean more Saints side here because even if it is Bethard, who has more experience on a short week? Derek Carr. Even if the Saints mm-hmm. and Derek Carr aren't that good and don't quite measure up, I still think experience in a short week Thursday night football, I still lean Saints here. Um, maybe they can get some things going. They have the better defense as well. I'll probably just stick to props in this one. Not a gross, <laughs> both sides of the ball here. I'm not super interested in this matchup, but if I have to, I'll probably just go props. But I do think the Saints will be able to cover the one and a half.
3: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: A lot of unders perhaps. Uh, maybe that's the way we'll tease this. A lot of under props that maybe we want to look mm-hmm. into just because uh, maybe some of these offenses leave something to be desired. Uh, as far as other quarterbacks and uh, their statuses, uh, Jimmy G did not practice. Sean Watson did not practice. Uh, Daniel Jones did throw, but he's not cleared for contact and Josh Allen was uh, very much limited, though it looks like he will be available to play. As far as all of these quarterback injuries are concerned, Joe, which one stands out to you the most?
1: Watson talking to media was weird. I don't know if you guys saw any of that, but he was like, yeah, um, I could be back tomorrow. I could be back in two weeks. Like, why is this guy even talking to the media? I don't. Know. I I don't know. He didn't really even seem like he's interested in returning all that soon. I, there's been a lot of weird stuff going on with the Cleveland situation. And congrats to them on the win last week. They might be in a bad spot this week. Don't don't have any idea what's happening with Watson. I have no idea. I feel like we have a sense with some of these other quarterback situations. Like it, Jimmy mm-hmm. G's probably not going to be out there. Uh, Daniel Jones, maybe he could be out there, but. You're an organization that has harped on the fact that you've put your quarterback in awful spots. Like, this is the worst way to develop a quarterback, and your entire offensive line is injured. Do you want to force him back with a neck injury? Like, that wouldn't make any sense to me, but it's the Giants, so maybe they end up doing it. You know, Josh Allen's talking like nothing's wrong, like he's good to go. We've seen him hobbled in the past, and uh, I I have my questions. That number is large for a divisional matchup and a team that looked pretty terrible on Sunday night. So a lot of questions. Hopefully uh, we get a little more clarity over the next 48 hours, but I, I don't know. Yeah. The the Watson thing just left me with more questions than answers.
2: I was going to say the same thing. A lot of questions and no answers. What that Deshaun Watson presser was very odd to me as well. I, I have no idea what's going on there. Maybe he doesn't either. I ever, everyone was probably left confused by that what i do know is this colts team stinks so whoever the mm-hmm. quarterback is hopefully uh the browns can cover the number as for the build i mean that is a large number joe i don't i yeah. i keep hoping like josh allen they've had a couple like off weeks in and I know he's banged up, but I'm thinking, okay, is he due for a bounce back week? What's going to happen? How? I just think we don't have enough information on the health of some of these quarterbacks to make good decisions this week.
0: And and maybe that's where the strategy of, okay, maybe Josh Allen isn't 100%, or maybe Trevor Lawrence isn't 100%, but... not that you want to trust your head coaches or or trust, uh, you know, offensive play callers, things like that, uh, in order to make decisions about which quarterbacks should be out there, but it is something where if they are at least more serviceable than the backup, then that has to mean something, right? Then there has to be a baseline as far as what to expect. And, you know, when it comes to Josh Allen, like, yeah, he may not be hundred percent. Maybe he can't move around very well, but guess what? Look at the offense that he's going up against. They may not score anything. So maybe oh, Josh right. Allen doesn't have to do very much. Like he still has to be out there, but, along, but as long as he doesn't absorb some critical hits, uh, eh, they'll be just fine.
1: Not a week seven thing, but Kyler Murray back at practice. Get ready for the drama.
0: Oh, yes. I love that. Can't wait. This is the Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Faraz Siddiqui with some early prop plays to look forward to in week seven. That's right here on the BetQL Network.